you have an influence over your youthful friend, you better exert it now. Otherwise, I will have both of you roll off to the hell where people are skinned alive. It's that simple, understand? Are you crazy? Is that your problem? You think you got any thug in you? Mugs, pugs, thugs. Litwits, halfwits, dimwits. We're not intimidated by thugs. But Bud White is a valuable officer. White's a mindless thug. Thug means never having to say you're sorry. Hello, this is Clarkson, this is the Film Thugs, and Jim stepped out to go to the loo. But uh, we have a very special guest in studio today, uh, the Prophet Mohammed. Very nice to be here. I want to thank you for having me. It's a lovely studio. It's a wonderful... Although I understand this Texas is hot. Why is it cold? What's happening here? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But more than anything, I want to thank you mm-hmm. for having me here today. Glad to have you. It's a mitzvah for me to come here, give uh, my feelings, my thoughts about all of this the news, sure. uh, these, uh, oy, these, uh, these meshugaf toy doing these insane things. I, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, but at first, I want to thank you sure. for letting me come here and uh, just say a few things. Thank you very much. <clears throat> So, first off, I just want to say the only real problem I've got is that these comics, you've seen these comics. Oh, yeah, done, yeah, yeah. They're not very good. No. They're, they're bad drawings that aren't particularly no. funny. Yeah. But uh, don't see what the big deal is. No, no, they're, I, they're not that I'm bad. wondering why people don't understand the whole don't be an asshole Part of the stuff that I wrote. They is that in the Quran? At, I think it is. Or is that I, um, hadith? I'm going to be honest with you. Wrote these a long time ago. Uh, I see. Yeah. A long time ago. You go this many years after you write something, yeah, sure. uh, you're going to forget sure. a lot of things. Sure. So. sure. There's a reason you, out, you outlawed alcohol, huh? Ugh. Yeah. It was a long forget one. about it. But I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you. Had a little bit of a change of heart. Oh. Okay. Uh, Glass of red wine every now and then you, does not go amiss. Do you get this from McConaughey? Uh, no. I understood from my doctor it's yeah. healthy for me. Okay. It helps with the fat. It's uh, it's a good thing. It helps to pass that halal. Yes. Oh, and I can tell you the halal will back up on you. Yes. You want to talk about a suicide <laughs> bomb. Oh, goodness. Uh, was that too soon? No. No. Okay. Well. They, they were shot today. Uh, well, that let me tell you, if if it had been a stern letter saying at least do something funny, eh, that's sort of my style. <laughs> Other than that, all of this bother—it's so un—it's so distasteful. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you just not read the magazine? Well, is that not an option? Was this something that everyone in France was at gunpoint forced to read? I've I know I've gone thirty eight years without reading it, and I'm all right. Yeah, I'd never. You're thirty eight. Thirty eight. I'll be honest with you. I would have guessed thirty four. You you well, were taking care of yourself. You no, must. God, no, no, not well, at all. Then you were very lucky. You were blessed. You are blessed. It's a mitzvah. And it God is. bless you. It is. It's a mitzvah. You are blessed. Baruch uh, You are a wonderful man who's in a wonderful position in life. Let me tell you this. So. So this was not your idea. No. Goodness, no. Right. Goodness, you talk to people. 
Mm. Maybe you do a comic showing how shitty their comic was, and you mm. make fun of them for that. Tit for tat thing. Exactly. I Why are you going to do this? You're going to mm. blow up a supermarket. Right. You're going to shoot a bunch of people in an office. This is... Uh, but you understand, they shot up the... For the Americans that don't understand yet, basically the the European equivalent of Mad Magazine. They went and shot up Mad Magazine in your name and in the name of Allah. This I don't understand. Do I do that right? Uh, Who can remember? All right. But I tell you this. Mad Magazine. I like it. This is a bigger insult to compare this to Mad Magazine. I think we figured out what he needs to worry about. What me worry? This. This. Uh, this. Guys shooting... Him I and the editors of Mad Don't Magazine. understand where this comes from. It's a horrible thing. One or two lines here or there. People think they can do whatever they want. It doesn't yeah, make well, sense. They shouldn't true. be doing it. All I can say is if you have enough free time that this comic upsets you so much, maybe a hobby. <laughs> maybe pick up one of these podcast things. Apparently anybody can do one. Parasailing. It's- Parasailing. Oh, I've seen pictures of it. this. I have seen photos. Your Secretary of State, wonderful at the parasailing. Let me tell you, that's a man with time on his hands. Yes. That's a man who's got hobbies, you know. Mm -hmm. And opened the ark, apparently. Well. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was a good picture. Hey, I enjoy the picture. Spielberg, that kid, that kid knows what he's doing. Got a future. I can tell you that. He is blessed. But I'm more than anything, Philip. It's time for me to come on something. So, of course, I went with this podcast. Well, yeah, this it's is the a, only place to begin this sort of thing. It's an international hit and a national treasure. Yes, I know. You are blessed. Missed, so yes. let me just say, I come on here to say, please, stop doing all of this. Just stop it. It's It makes you look yeah. bad. It makes me look bad. Imagine what it's like. I'm there with Jesus and Moses. We're playing golf. This news comes in. I got to be like, ah, I don't, bah. what do you yeah, want from all, me? They all look to you. I don't even know these assholes. A couple of schmucks who don't have a fucking hobby go out and do something. It's not, then I look at Jesus and I say, hey, how's that Freddie Phelps doing? Right. And that shuts him up real quick. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Right yeah. there. Yeah. That shuts his mouth. Touche, Mohammed. Hey, Peace Mazel Tov. Thank you. Thank you. But all I wanted to do was come on this show, the premier Austin Leander, Texas-based <laughs> movie entertainment podcast, podcast, Yes, to clear my name for all the wonderful people who listen I to this show. Now. I think ISIS and uh, some made-up Coruscant bullshit, uh, they can all pack it up now. <laughs> Opa. And, uh, yeah. Wonderful time. But I just wanted to say I only have a few minutes. I've got to go pick up some kids down at the down at the daycare. Yeah, they're not mine. They're not mine. They're a neighbor's kids. They just need a ride home. He's got an appointment. So, of course, you're going to Muhammad. You know, I'm, I'm an okay guy. I can drive well. Right. I get them home safe. Right. So thank you for this time. I really appreciate it. And may all of your children be masculine children. Of thank course. you very much. Thank you. Yo, Jim. Hey, what's up? You just missed the Prophet Muhammad. What? Yeah. Are you kidding? It, no. Wait, you've been recording? Yes. Dude, I go to the bathroom for a minute. I miss everything. Yep, that's right. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Funny guy. Really? Yeah. Wow. A lot funnier than the Quran will have you believe. <laughs> well, that's good to know. I didn't ask him about that whole 
child wife thing. Well, you know. But hey, hey. that's what part two is for. Right? <laughs> exactly. You know, you need to. You, you got to pace things. You got to pace things. Yeah. And I'm going to say this as a service to everyone out there. Any podcast that wants the raw audio of that interview, just send us an email at, at thefilmthugs at gmail.com. We are more than happy to send you a copy of it. For our transcript of the Film Thugs <laughs> News Hour. <laughs> <laughs> email that regardless. So I'm just going to jump right into cra- Wow. Yeah. He was really here. Mm-hmm. Man. Was he a nice guy? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Pleasant, affable, sure, yeah. sweet. Affable chap. All right. So let's just get advertising out of the way. Hey, guys, rate and review us on iTunes. Please. Check out www.thefilmthugs.com for all of our sponsorship, which there's we're just exploding. We're lousy with sponsors. They pay us. You don't. Um, thefilmthugs at gmail.com. You can also send an email to thugquestions at gmail.com. That'll be for a, a show where you can hear us improv. Just go off the top of the dome. To tell you what's happening with us, uh, Twitter and Facebook, 512-666-RANT, to leave a voicemail like the one I've got sitting on my phone right now. Mm. And if you don't have a domestic United States phone number or a phone that can call a domestic United States phone number, we are the underscore film underscore t- thugs. Tugs. On, Tuggies. T- tuggies on uh, Skype. But wherever you are nowadays, you should be able to dial one five one two six 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 rant R A N T and leave a voicemail. We will get to that in just a moment. Your so. King Osama looks like a kind of dirty wizard or a homeless Santa. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, fantastic! Yeah, fantastic. So before we get to the voicemail, we've got a couple of things to discuss here that I ran across in the news. One of which. I, the ass backward dumb shittery of this simply <laughs> blew my mind. So apparently, in connection with the release of Annie, yes, or, or as it is known and was referred to in this article, Black Annie, really? Yes. Well, the, uh, Target was releasing a line of clothing connected yes. to it. Oh yes, I heard yes. About and there's this story, and mm-hmm. there are two parts of it that just make me want to punch someone in the face. Where a woman, uh, a woman was in Target with her eight-year-old daughter, yeah. and she looks up, and there's the Annie thing with this white, white girl on it, and this little African-American girl goes, that's not Annie. Annie's black. If black Annie's not good enough, does that mean I'm not good enough? Mm, so something was made up. Eight-year-old instantly internalizes it yes. to that point. Sure. Which, look, just say, hey, I don't want my kid thinking that they're not good enough. Because, like, say that, that's fine. But to sit there and add these words, my, ch- my child looked at me and said, Mother, I find the racial discrimination inherent in this advertising choice to be repugnant. I feel as though we should voice our opinion across the land so that those assholes in charge will understand this. Because, yeah, kind of good point. But, again, didn't bother to find out. Like, well, no, here's the entire ad campaign. There are multiracial children across it, and uh, the star of the movie didn't want to be part of the ad campaign, so you just saw one of them. Yeah. See, when you run across things like this mm-hmm. in uh, stores yeah. or wherever, uh, then you can educate your child. Yes. Now, here's where it goes better. They said, to draw a comparison, comic book stans, fans were stunned when Ryan Reynolds got pick, got picked to play Green Lantern because the original Green Lantern from the 80s was African American. 
Now, here's the thing. They might say the Green Lantern who is most known to this generation of filmgoers because of the Justice League cartoon from the late 80s and 90s was John Stewart, the African-American version of it. Was he in the late 80s? I, my, I don't know. I know he was in the 90s. At least in the 90s. So they could have said, you know, from the because 90s. It's Green Lantern core. Yeah. There's more than one of them. Right, right. They could have said something like that. But the fact that they leave out, oh, and um, Hal Jordan is the most popular and beloved and recognized incarnation yeah. of the Green Lantern. That's why they went with him. They could have found a better. But when you have something that is that glaringly incorrect in your article, it kind of makes it look like you're spoiling for a fight. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, all I can say. <laughs> oh, shit. Yes. Now, there are two Christmas tree-related things I want to talk about. One, I was driving to work the other day because I had to drive in so I could, you know, get out. for what, Five o'clock in the uh, – six o'clock in the goddamn morning, there's a Christmas tree in the middle of Crystal Falls Parkway. Just there? Just there in the middle, laying on the ground, like fell off someone's car, and they were like, ah! Circle of life. What the fuck, man? Clear that shit out of the way. And how many people were calling me an asshole when I complained about folks not cleaning their fucking Christmas tree decorations off of 360? Yeah. Everyone's like, no, Jim, it's so nice. It's a wonderful blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> And what do we got now? Everyone is basically like, clean your fucking shit up. It looks oh, like yeah. garbage. Cub Scout troops going out and cleaning it up for people. And one jerk off. Those bigots? Yes. One jerk off said, you should decorate them with biodegradable things. Okay. Uh, Which... <clears throat> yeah, you know what? If you're going to be an asshole, oh, Ugh. go ahead. Here's the thing: if you're going to be an asshole and not clean it up, then do shit that biodegrades. But here's where it gets: or food for animals or people. People. Jesus, just kill yeah. me. Slap, slap my yeah. face and uh, make me a vegan. And as somebody who lived in that area for a while, all that we need is a bunch of food right next to the highway for the out of fucking control deer population. <laughs> To come down and feed off of. <clears throat> String pretzels. Sure. So I want you to know that, dream. Uh, see, the biodegradable uh, shit, I'm like, okay. That's, whatever. Yeah. Sure. If you're going to be the type of dick who if decorates a tree and, and, and expect somebody else is going to okay. take care of it. But here's what's going to happen. It is, there is a rule against it. People are not supposed to do it. It's just ignored because folks like it. But what happens when people stop? Cleaning up after themselves, suddenly, nope, now we got to enforce this rule. There are going to be cops out there ticketing people or preventing people from doing it. Yep. And it's going to become this huge outrage. And I'm sorry for people who live there. We're fucking, they got fucking tired of it. it for a week, it looks good. Then, have you guys ever seen what Christmas decorations left outside yeah, for a long period of time next to a highway? It's really look sad. Like? It's gross. It's Shit really gets sad. Filthy, dirty, real quick, covered in rain and exhaust. And exhaust that gets hit by rain and covered. It's fucking awful. It's not good. It's not good. These bags of dicks. And you know what happens when they, uh, when they start enforcing those rules? Uh, um, Austin will no longer have kept it weird. Oh, I know. I know. And what will we do then? <sighs> it won't be weird enough. We will have lost. Let's we'll import weirdness. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know what that means? That means there's going to be more fucking In-N-Out burgers selling sh uh, oh. inedible shit all over the place. Maybe another goddamn Del Taco. Is it? Hey, California, is there some other fucking horrible fast food place you motherfuckers have embraced Barbaric. for no fucking reason that you could ship here? 
sure, we can give you like you know Carl's. Ju- well, actually, Carl's Junior's not bad. I, I'm okay with some Carl's Junior. I see. In and Out Burger is dead. Well, here's the thing. Carl's Jr. punches its own weight. Yes. It doesn't think it's anything other than what it is. Yeah, yeah. In fact, some of them just like just push all the chips in the middle of the table. Yeah, it's like we're, we're a green burrito, we're burgers, we're fucking whatever you want, man. Yeah, whatever just come you in want. here and eat. We're like dude. jack in the box. Who Go gives for a it. Shit? In and out burger, is this taco, like burrito. When I went into In N Out Burger, I was expecting an otherworldly experience because everyone went off. And I was like, okay, this burger is all right. This burger is fine. There is a little shack, I believe it started in Corpus or San Antonio, called uh, Redline. Yeah. Redline Burgers. Yeah. Um, that's about, about it. Okay. You know what the cost of a Redline Burger is? No. Uh, about $2. Yeah. That's, it is yes, literally perfect. a bag. Yeah. It's like shortstop. Okay. Like a, but a, a little better. Okay. Okay. Which is... Yeah. It's like Target <clears throat> is to Walmart yeah. as Redline is to shortstop. It's a shower away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Okay. It's a big sack of burgers. It's right. cheap. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. That's what it, it Yeah. Again, it knows what it is. They does. don't have some core of people dressed like doctors with paper hats trying to convince no. me that this is no something good. No crossed palms. And I will say, like I said, the burger's okay. It's just fine. It's whatever. Fucking fries. Yeah. And and anyone who says the word animal style to me gets punched in the dick real hard. You get a good fucking cock punching because, as I've said before... Don't make me know a code word. Uh, this is, I'm not, hey, uh, 22 skidoo. I'm not <laughs> c- trying to get into a fucking speakeasy. I want right. to eat a goddamn burger. Make it's it a not cold day fucking for pontooning. Suck. Ah, yeah. Give him the good fries. Yes, here we go. Cooked them in mustard, evidently. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, man. I know, just know everybody gets their fucking <clears throat> ass out of joint. Like, no, you have to have it in California. It's so much better. You know I, where you I can don't have believe it, it back is. in California. Yeah, How exactly. Yeah. Here, you're in Texas, go to What a Burger. And I hope you choke to death on a fucking bottle cap if you go to a Del Taco that's within spitting distance of a Torchies. Yeah, that's a little strange. Yeah, that's fucking awful. I don't know how they got away with that. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Because God was too busy. (laughs) I guess so. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's right there, yeah, fucking right there, it's and that torchies right that we have in our neck of the woods has a full bar. The only issue I have with that torchies is the parking situation sucks, and the layout is a nightmare. It is a nightmare because there's a bar. It's a, there's a bar. Yeah, it's one of the few places that has a patio and a bar. Yeah, yeah, and food that's above reproach. Yeah, fucking torchies, man. Yeah, it is what I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to California, and what food is California known for? Oh, fucking nothing. Sorry. That's not true. Yeah. Santa Fe cuisine. Oh, you mean from Santa Fe, California? Yeah. He's what? cracking egg and some blue corn something yeah, or other. And yellow corn salsa and yeah. shit. Like, oh, delicious. I my salsa. Yeah. There's, there's nothing that's like, this is authentic California cuisine. Texas fucking barbecue and tacos. Yeah. 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 And it's fucking, yeah. Yep. I don't come here and tell us how to do Oh, I just can't wait until they have like lean barbecue places. No, this is California style barbecue. It's it's ribs without any fat on them. And th- these are turkey ribs. <laughs> really? Uh, and sausage. Oh, God. Uh, oh, that's terrible. Covered in a reduction. Barbaric. No, 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 mm. no. Nothing with a with a gastric. Speaking of, have you been watching uh, The Taste? I'm. I have not watched the last episode. Uh, the last episode's pretty good. There, you, you will. There is one person on that show you will respect more after it's done. 
you will very much like, holy shit, that guy's cool. Of the contestants? Yeah, one of the contestants. Okay. And, and you will actually see one of the judges like kind of, fuck, man. It's really good. It's really good. Um, cool. We rewatched also, hope, and, hope had not seen it, but we watched the Tony Bourdain in the fire in New York where he goes back and oh, does God. the double on the line. And I, and I love how he brings in, who's that that guy, the guy who does all the fish, who looks like like a, like an 18-year-old pretending to be an old man? He's got that really young face, but he's kind of... Eric Repair? Yeah, Eric Repair. <laughs> That's, he looks like an 18-year-old with like sprayed gray hair to yeah. be in our town or something. <laughs> but he hops on the line, and Tony's like, oh, this is going to kill him. He's not used to this. And Eric's like, boom, bop, bop, bam, just throwing it around like it's nothing. Fucking Tony's like, God damn it, really? Yes. Uh, I would love to see them do that with Ludo and Marcus Samuelson, just because I'd love to see Marcus would be fucking cool I, I as hell think about Ludo it. Ludo have a problem. Yeah, Ludo would fall into that. Uh, I think it would be fine. Yeah, you think he'd fall into I it? I think he'll be just well, fine. Well, actually, he's used to getting screamed at, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I said, the fire rises. <laughs> uh, so, so we don't forget it. Shall we go to the voicemail yes. that we got? All right. I uh, all I know is we got one. I don't know who it's from. Uh, I don't know anything about it. I am looking forward to it. Hopefully, it's not somebody trying to get us to sign up for a salon. I hope so. Uh, oh, uh, hey. Ah, here we go. Hey, film thugs on one three fifteen. So, uh, should I read it or play it first? Um, play it first. Okay. <clears throat> well, play it, motherfucker. Hey, film thugs. It's Robbie Polanco from Boston. And today I heard three of your shows at my job, and I had an absolute blast. Uh, I think the best part was when I heard the MTV clip of um, why doesn't MPD play music videos anymore? That complaint is literally old enough to drive a car by now. That, that was pretty awesome. Um, there's a show called Portlandia where they do a skit where they try to take back MPD. Um, you guys just gotta check it out. Uh, well, um, I want you guys to know that uh, I really appreciate your show. Happy New Year's. And I definitely look forward to 2015 with the Film Thugs. Take care. Bye. All right. Here's the translation. Hey, film thugs. It's people on call from Boston. And today I heard your shows that my job and I had an absolute blast. I think the best part was when I heard the MT period, V quick on why doesn't and Phoebe play music videos anymore. A complaint is literally old enough to drive a car. Bye now. Hey, I was pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, on this issue, Portland the a way to do is get where these try back in. P. Leon just kind of <laughs> checking out. Well, I want you guys to know that I really appreciate your show. Happy New Year's, and I definitely look forward to 2050 with the phone. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Wow. That was awesome. And uh, oh, yes, that was fantastic. Sweet. Oh, and I got two more calls from Regency fucking beauty coming Beautiful. on. Yeah. Hit it. Hit it. Okay. Well, hold on by my motherfucker. Uh, why isn't it playing? Why aren't you playing? Uh, unable to transcribe. Uh, this is somebody from Regency beauty calling to. 
Hi, this is Justine calling from Regency Beauty Institute. I wanted to follow up with you here on your interest in cosmetology and find out how your search is going. We'd love to talk with you more about your interest and see how Regency can help you. So please give us a call today at 800-787-6456, extension 7200. And once again, it's Justine from Regency Beauty Institute. Now here's what's great is the, not a Christian. our outgoing message says this shit's going to be put on the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the only thing that I like, hold on, uh, this is Jesse. I'm calling from Regency Beauty in to see what I wanted to follow up with a hearing your interesting couple of how much you find out how our high going. I'd love to talk with you more about your interested in the hell Regency can help you. <laughs> Call us the number. It's Jesse from Regency Beauty. Hashtag Hail Regency. Hashtag Hail Regency. Mm. Uh, Regency. Uh, did I play the one that he sent? Oh yeah, he already yeah. played the one with the uh, with the um, Captain Chaos where he talked about it. We talked about that. Okay, awesome. So we're caught up with everything. Thank you, here. Robbie. Thank you, Robbie. You take care of business, sir. So that covers all the news leading up to something that has become just a horribly bad word in uh, the world of movies. Nick Offerman? And everything. Yeah. Masculinity. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. It's become a musk of lavender and death. Yeah. It's just, it's weird because at some point. That just became this horrible, like, oh, no. Oh, you're a brute. Oh, you're misogynistic. <sighs> yes. <sighs> so we talk about what it means to be a man, what's out there that really sums it up, what defines it for us. Well. And, uh, wow, you've got stuff. I, uh, I, I have turn a... to the, the, the beacon of masculinity, the... Uh... What's a good way of putting it? The, um, if we were at Thermopylae, they would lead us through the hot gate. Uh -huh, well, the, I just said this hot uh, gate twice. Anyway. The Guardo Camino. Yeah. The road guard this is of it. American masculinity. Um, uh, NPR. NPR. Oh, God. Oh, wow. It doesn't really matter. I have a feeling this is going to be awesome. Let's see. Movies have always offered a window through which audiences sitting in the dark can observe human nature without being observed. Movie theaters where many a boy would learn how to make things right, the way John Wayne did in so many pictures, with fists or a gun. Mm -hmm. Movies taught about sacrificing for the greater good, as Humphrey Bogart did when he sent Ingrid Bergman off with Here's Looking at You, Kid, in Casablanca. There's a place to learn about standing firm against injustice with Spencer Tracy in, in Inherit the Wind and about standing up for yourself with Sidney Poitier in A Raisin in the Sun. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> All of which were useful for a nation that thought of itself as a melting pot. For generations, newly arrived immigrants had emerged slowly from their ethnic enclaves in big cities where things were comfortably just like the old country because assimilating was hard. But film, even back then was, was silent, was like an instruction manual for the American experience. Wow. Uh, for a nickel at the Nickelodeon. Nickel at the Nickelodeon, like I did Hot Gate in Thermopylae. Yeah. <clears throat> a foreign fellow fresh off the boat could see exactly how American men dressed, how they greeted each other with a handshake and not with European kisses on each cheek. 
and more generally how people in newly adopted country behave in a newly adopted country behaved admittedly silent films use a kind of shorthand for american behavior stereotypes allow directors to brush in characters quickly without dialogue women were almost always domestic delicate and passive while men were outgoing strong and active mhm films power of suggestion quickly became influential so influ- overwhelming in fact that some argued it would be it should be curbed in the 1930s, the film industry created a production code that laid out a set of strict rules for filmmakers, banning drunkenness, sex, revenge plots, all forms of immorality, and stating explicitly that no movie should throw audience sympathy to the, ro- to the side of wrongdoing. <sighs> oh, boy. Hold on. There are there are some good points being made in here. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you couldn't do most of the Shakespeare under those rules. You could uh, have, but you could have strong, manly, family-friendly heroes, which meant, as the Bloom noses intended, that Hollywood, having been told wow. what it could show, was in effect telling audiences what they should be, portraying human behavior, especially male behavior, in idealized, heroic terms mm-hmm. that uh, mortals might have trouble living up to. Anyway, after the code started to fall, because foreign films had nudity and mm-hmm. ripples and all that. An awesome shit. It began leading to men in movies becoming more like men in real life. Mm-hmm. Not always strong or good or forceful. Dustin Hoffman became a huge star. Um, Peter Fonda in... What the fuck is that? Um, That's gra- not in the Grapes article, are actually. What the fuck is that is uh. not in this. Um... Uh, Peter Fonden, Easy Rider. Thank you. Okay. I'm like, fucking blanking. Anyway, Paul Newman and Steve McQueen played anti-heroes and got labeled kings of cool. John Travolta was the heiress Fred Astaire. All of them recognized as people, not icons. Mm-hmm. All were nuanced and vulnerable and incapable of being like the men of old Hollywood because the world had changed too much. Woody Allen demonstrated the change in comically literal terms by conjuring up Bogey to help him, play, help him man up and play it against Sam. Testosterone was in full retreat in the 1980s. Movies what? made for teenagers had teen heroes, not adult males. Uh, James Bond started poking fun at the kind of suave his predecessors had played straight, and romance devolved from Cary Grant to Hugh Grant, stammering, hesitant, charming in a manner that was utterly without eloquence or confidence. This, over time, led to... This is a fucking huge jump here. Okay. This over time led to the male as overgrown child in Judd Apatow comedies, to dads who turned themselves into Mrs. Doubtfires to rule the roost, to sensitive bad guys, earnest good guys, gay guys who wish they could quit each other, and action heroes like Jason Bourne who literally doesn't know who they are. Men, in short, became varied and human and unambiguously authentic on screen. But audiences still want heroes, and more important, audiences are still eager to see heroes, which means Hollywood needed again to find a way to make the male heroic again. Then it goes into saying that they all had to be superheroes. Okay. (laughs) The last paragraph. From John Wayne to Iron Man, not such a stretch, really. They're icons, both, standing tall, fighting for the greater good, and yes, they're manly in a way that not, but may may not be entirely human, or even something most people would want to live up to. But it sure looks good in CinemaScope. I didn't know mm-hmm. that I could work for NPR. Yeah. Not that that's indicative of how I write or what oh, I write. Oh, no, 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 no. But 
That's, that's, Easy money, baby. Yeah, it strikes me as sort of a first drafty type thing. Like what gets me is it, it it overlooks. First off, the eighties masculinity was in full retreat. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, how many? Like, we did an entire thing about the B action movies, the fucking junior varsity of that. That was when those folks exploded and went from you know the small budget Chuck Norris actioners to these huge fucking massive unavoidable. You know, everyone was owned by them levels of uh, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. It, it seems as though th- this is a case of um, selective journalism. Uh, this is the point I'm, I'm ready to make. And I'm just going to cherry pick and only focus on the stuff that ties directly into it here. Right. The idea of masculinity that, that what I do agree with on that is I think that somebody, you know, saying what is what does masculinity mean? That's like asking, what does femininity mean? It's different for everyone. Sure. To me, what be a man means is act like a fucking adult. Yeah. I mean, for all of the badass action heroes out there, you know who I'd put my... If I needed somebody who I would not want to fuck with because I'd get my ass owned is Gina Rollins. You want to talk about who epitomizes what it means to be a fucking man in movies? Look at anything with Gina Rollins. Yeah. You act like that, you're acting like a fucking man. Because she owned up, yep. she did what she was supposed to do. You know what? The two best men out there right now on television, okay, without question to me, the epitome of what masculinity should be, are Ron Swanson and Danny Pink. That is definitely Ron Swanson. That's it. And Danny Pink just I'm sorry, his line from the Christmas special, you saved the world. No, I saved her. The rest of you got lucky. Yeah, that's true. That is f- yeah. Like yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I was able to help you out. Don't think I did this for you. Yeah. My responsibility is not you. My responsibility is her. Right. I promised her I'd take care of her and that's what I fucking did. Yeah. That's why that guy is my favorite character on TV. And uh, w- right up there with Mr. Swanson, no questions sure. asked. But Mr. Swanson doesn't follow us. No, he doesn't. This guy does. Right. And thank you for doing so, sir. But, um, yeah, Danny Pink, I think, just represents it. It's like he's got that past. He, he doesn't define being a soldier as anything violent. I dug wells. I helped people. Right. That's what I did. I saved lives. I didn't take lives. That's not what defined what I was. Right. And, you know, yeah, even up to the end. And God damn it, they don't find a way to bring him back. I'm going to be so cross with that fucking well, they found show. one way already. Yeah. So. If he's not in every goddamn episode. Oh. But, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. For those yeah. who don't know, that's Danny Payne from Doctor Who. Yeah. Amazing. But I bring the article up, not yeah. because I wanted to read this <laughs> first drafty thing, but to bring up the one good point he did make. Yes. The... Delineation between eras. Yes. Oh, is, very much is, so. Yeah. Is spot on. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, when Dustin Hoffman became, I don't know if he, and I think he may be, he or she may be digging a little deep here to say, now that's what everyone said. Okay, we we switched our focus from what came before to yeah. now this. That's a man. Eh, not well, really. It, it just, just it, a fucking loser. Yeah, he just. He just have to be very well acted. Yeah, he became acceptable. In that type There's of role. their thing. Because if you looked at it, if you were to ask people of that era what movie star epitomizes what it means to be a man, you ain't going to hear Dustin Hoffman's name. No. Steve McQueen. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. But you ain't going to hear Dustin Hoffman's name. No. Not I mean, all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, if you look at the James Bond switching gears from, you know, 
Sean Connery to uh, to Roger Moore. Yeah, that was a, a fairly you know twist to the neck. That is a massive twist. That is a hard right hand turn there. That, that Tokyo drifting around a fucking corner. <laughs> Uh, they couldn't have been more different. The idea that uh, portraying human behavior that is uh, in idealized heroic terms that mere mortals have trouble living up to. I don't want to get into the esoteric weeds of masculinity. But right. That's the point. Yeah. You, you should try to look past yourself mm-hmm. and try to be uh, more than just whatever right. that Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. There's a quote from Abraham Maslow that haunts me, and I'll give it to you right now. Give it to me. If, uh... Don't drop that duck a duck. Don't drop that duck a duck. That was Abraham Maslow saying. Okay. <clears throat> if you plan on being anything less than you're capable of, mm-hmm. you'll probably be unhappy all the days of your life. Wow. Let that one sink in, fellas. Yeah. Yeah. Next time you watch a, a Judd Apatow man-child movie. Uh-huh. Um, not that Judd Apatow films can not, are not entertaining. Most of them are. Uh, Paul Rudd is an entertaining fella. Oh, yeah. guys he portrays are entertaining enough. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what we're talking about here. Yeah. Kind of. Don't drop that duck and duck. Yeah. Don't drop that duck and duck. Don't drop that duck and duck. Keeps going. Oh, that little kid is the bomb. Yeah, you're right. That Getting into that, it's... I think the thing is that idea of... Because all of this comes back to what society tells you. It well, needs to be a man. And Mas- yeah, I'm sorry. Men, what, it, it men, means- are, men are taught to be what they are. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no example given. An example will be found. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So... Be careful about that. Oh, yes. Uh, very much so. Very much so. And once that shit gets imprinted, it's kind of hard to, uh, yeah. to wipe it clean, you know? Yes. Like, that's why uh, Ron Swanson, my favorite Ron Swanson moment was when they took him to a strip club on the show. And it's, they had this all-you-can-eat breakfast buffet. Yep. And he is just going to town on it. And he's like, strippers are no interest to me. I like powerful women at the height of their fields. I do enjoy breakfast cereal, though. <laughs> breakfast foods, though. I'm a and it's man. Just... I like pretty dark-haired women in breakfast food. And he's sitting there just smiling, eating ba- just tons of bacon. Like that—that's that's perfect. That—that's yes, that's it. And I've always yeah. I, the number of times back in the day when people, oh, let's go to a strip club. I'm like, I really would rather not do that thing that you want to do. <coughs> they, I'd really rather not. They serve a purpose for, um, you know, the uh, one or two times in your life yet uh, your your other friends feel like there's a, a need to do that. Yeah. Bachelor parties, whatever. Mm-hmm. I've been to my fair share. Yeah. And, you know, for that sort of occasion, oh, I, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. The time other than that that I've been, and I've been plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Um, was like setting up a pail of money on fire. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I think I can count on one hand the number of times I've gone to a strip sure. club. Never has it been my idea. Um, no. The best time was when a g- bunch of guys from work were like, "Hey, let's go to the strip club and we can uh, we can have we can have lunch." And I was like, oh, "I really? It's a five dollar steak." I was like, "Okay." 
<laughs> and I literally was sitting there just face down in the plate. And all these guys are like, hey, man, do you want to go over and get a lap? And I'm like, no. They're like, what, how should we get a lap? And so all these strippers are coming over like, how come no one's being naughty for you? I was like, I'm sorry. I'm trying <laughs> to eat right now. Hey, can I give you a dance? Uh, no, I'm, I'm eating. You can naughty yourself some A1 so I can <laughs> digest this gruel. Yeah, so I can choke down this fucking wallet that you put on <laughs> my plate. saddle blanket. Yeah. <laughs> this horrid piece of meat. Uh, it is the only time that fucking uh, Rodney Dangerfield's line, you could still see the, see the marks where the jockey was hitting it. <laughs> like, that's, uh. And we're not trying to sound, oh, we're so cool. It's just, I'm too pragmatic. I understand a relationship. The funniest statement that a man can say, I think that stripper really liked me. Yeah. That's the funniest fucking statement a guy can make. It's the best. Because... No, you're, she she wants that money. Sure, that's it. That is all. If you knew that you could go be nice to some sap and he was just going to hand you ten dollars here and there, or I don't know what they what that uh-huh. is, grind uh-huh. your ass into some stranger's erection and you'll get a twenty. Joe Rogan's statement on strip clubs, his bit on strip clubs, is one of the funniest goddamn things I've ever heard in my life. It's so good. I don't talk to the guys that come in here. I was like, guys are fucking creeps. And they only come in here for one reason. I mean, why are you here? I heard there was this place where I could see a strange woman's pussy for a dollar. I have five <laughs> 20 nickels, and you should have paid more attention in school. Don't blame me. Learn how to type of something. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, it just does nothing for me. Mel Brooks has a statement that I think epitomizes this idea very well. Um, he got David Lynch in to direct The Elephant Man. Mm-hmm. And they showed a screening to the studio, and the studio had a problem with some of the abstract scenes and, and tried to get him to cut them. And this is Mel Gibson's... Uh, Mel, what? Uh, this is... My Laker ticket! This is Mel Brooks's <laughs> response. We are involved in a business venture. We screen the film for you to bring you up to date as to the status of that venture. Do not misconstrue this as our solicitating the input of raging primitives. <laughs> like, holy oh shit. That. That's like, no, 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 no. Dave, I got this. Yeah. Uh, yeah don't worry about it. You stand up for that shit. Boom. This is what's happening. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's not like... We're making Blazing Saddles too here. No, this not is, at all. This, this is something different. material. Yes, exactly. And what I noticed is funny. I actually, when it came to that guy movie thing, that men in movies, the biggest kind of game changer that I'm aware of seeing in my life is Swingers. Mm. That thing, because that was the first time that it was... Swingers is essentially a chick flick. Yeah. With guys in it. Basically. Um, no one dies is pretty much the only separation. There was a, a film called The uh, Mating Habits of the Earthbound Humans or something like that. Right. And a statement in it was uh, m- the, the human male, uh, the human female enjoys movies about one person dying very slowly. The human male enjoys movies where many people die very quickly. <laughs> and Kanja, I like this because it sort of opened up this, no, that's not necessarily what it has to be about. Here is relationships, guys being guys, guy, what that friendship means. As much as I kind of want to hate him in it, Vince Vaughn's character, I fucking love Trent in that movie because yeah. he's, he's about to score. He's closing the deal, and what does he do? Looks back to make sure his buddy's okay. Because we came here for him. Right. We didn't come here for me. We came here for him. 
I appreciate that. Yes. I like that. It's it's good. That is a lesson right there, you know. <laughs> and the women, by and large, were smarter. The whole, you know, uh, can I have pancakes during the Age of Enlightenment? I should have said Renaissance. How is some Vegas waitress going to get an obscure 19th century philosophical move? I about as well just said, let me jump your ignorant bones. Hey, waitress, hold on, Voltaire. Like, <laughs> fuck yes. E- even the throwaway character, like, yeah, she's smarter than me. I fucking loved that. Because right. it showed, you know, uh, to me, a man is somebody who's able to admit when he's wrong and fucking just eat the shit that he earned eating. Yes. That's what it means. I couldn't find any movies that singularly were, okay, well, that's, that's what it's about. No. Yeah. Because, as you say, it's it's very subjective. Yeah. Yeah. To to one degree or another, mm-hmm. but the bigger ideas of it, yes, uh, of the the more primal ideas of it, mm-hmm. there are examples from here to eternity, right? Although they are just pieces, yeah, it's not just one film. There's always something in there that gets it wrong. Jeremiah yeah. Johnson is all about preparedness and mm-hmm. you know, looking within and going at without blah blah blah. Right. But then you know he kind of fucks up those Indians. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. so. Hmm. Um, Red Belt. Oh, fuck yes. Is one of those oh. that comes pretty close to being almost all the way through. Yeah. Almost all yeah. the way through. Uh-huh. Because, and I think because it is so unflinchingly higher ideal mm-hmm. masculinity, it tends to not as made as much mo- as make as much money. Right. Or make uh-huh. as much money. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all about, well... I've got a time and place I can't pick yeah. to be a man about. I mm-hmm. just have to fight yeah. alone because ultimately you're alone. Yeah. All men are alone and that's it. Yeah. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Run? Yep. Or right here on this fucking random area aside from the arena. Not even yeah. a cool area. Oh, that was just, so just, the, just, the fucking entrance way. Just there. Oh, it was so goddamn great. It's like it a corner so... of a bathroom. Not full bathroom, just uh-huh. a corner somewhere. Right. It's, it, it's that throwaway. I always joked at the end of that where they have the old man who is uh for those who don't know based off of uh Helio Gracie, the yeah. father of the Gracie clan. I always wanted when Helio showed up at the first chance, and if I ever meet Hoist Gracie, I will say this to him. When he won, because they did a couple, and then they did like this tournament of champions, yeah. this final UFC tournament brought to you by John Milius. Yeah. Check out our John Milius show if you haven't. But uh, the the old man, his father was there to kind of give the the final award out, yeah. and he wins it, and the, the old man goes out there wearing the suit. And by the way, I say the old man in the most, as the highest term of respect I can throw here. Yeah. The fucking, the old man. Yeah. He's the fucking old man. He goes out there and does, and I just wanted him to like raise Hoist's hand up, like yeah, and then just fucking flip him and submit him without moving his feet, and just like down he goes like, that's how it's done, and walk yeah. off. That that would have been the greatest goddamn moment ever. He just flips him and chokes him out with his wrists because he's yeah. done that before. Yes, uh, it's great. But yeah, Red Belt. That's one I totally forgot about. I. Oh, that movie is so good. A lot of Mammoth stuff is pretty unflinchingly. Yeah. I mean, male, small M, male, big M here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> some of it doesn't obviously highlight the greatest qualities of being a man. But yeah. in this case, it does. Yes. Almost all the way through. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's one of my favorites. And it's so 
stark and un, it, not flashy. And yeah. Just, oh, such a fucking great movie. Good. His scene with Emily Mortimer, where he, yeah. ch- oh my God, so fucking good. What it, uh, what it remind what what reminds me of mentioning Mammoth? I always think of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I have to say, uh, you got to see Whiplash. When I own a copy of it, we will do a fucking initiates where we watch that here because I you will love this movie. I'm sure because the way I described it is imagine if Alec Baldwin's character from that movie was the lead, almost like the second lead, and in every scene, you intentionally sabotage my band. I will gut you like a pig. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh. Fuck, I love it. And speaking of, Golden Globe. Yeah, that's right. For J.K. Simmons. Yes, indeed. Finally not picturing him raping dudes. Yep. Man, that Oz stank takes a while to watch because he was so fucking good. At, well, he's one of those guys who's great in everything. And when you're great in your first iconic role as a Nazi prison rapist, yeah. <laughs> that, that sticks with you for a bit, man. Uh, Spider-Man helped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Simmons. Basically, any part J.K. Simmons plays. Even Juno. He was the fucking highlight of that movie. If there was any part of the movie Juno that I'd like, I'd be like, that guy. Performances weren't the issue with Juno. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Yeah. You're all, well, Michael Sarah. You're all doing a fine job. Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone standing to the left of Michael Sarah. You're all doing great. Well, and Michael Sarah played the Michael Sarah very well. Um, uh, it's 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 too easy. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Just kidding. Oh. I know you listen. Yeah, he does. He's a fan. That he actually just does. A... <laughs> he actually is Robbie. Uh, from Boston, he just—it's that Michael Sarah does a very good Boston right. accent, so nice. That's really him. Sorry, Robbie. Yeah, uh, um, yeah I. Yeah, J.K. Simmons. Pretty much any part he plays, especially in Juno, especially in Juno. And this is a rare time where you're going to hear me fucking praise that movie, just because he's so like, look, yeah, it's fucking scary, and it's never not scary. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. Fucking great, man. That's fucking great. It's never not scary. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he said that, but... Sounds good to me. That's, that's the line I would have given him. <laughs> but yes, that... uh, Sort of like uh, Liam Neeson. You know? Mm-hmm. And Taken. And, but more to the point, in fucking Rob Roy. Yes. And Rob Roy, he just tore the fucking rim off. Just yeah. nailed that shit. It's, it's, I don't want to do this, but I got to fucking do it. It's what I got to fucking do. And as my family needs me. Yeah. So I do this. uh, To the hilt with Taken as well. Yeah. Family needs me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I like that the second one was all the people that are still alive and the families of the people that he killed before. Yeah. (laughs) As I understand, it continues with three. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know. Number one at the box office this past weekend. Of course. Because Liam Neeson's. Uh, But. Yeah, essentially, other than, you know, just having to kill a bunch of fools. Yeah. Standing up for his family, mm-hmm. tolerating the uh, the rich jerk he could buy and sell a thousand times over uh, and to be close to his family. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. That's, yeah, you Dad put up with him like it. like a prick. Yeah. You know. I could break your fucking spine. Oh, yeah. No problem. Easy. No I could, problem. I could beat you down. Mm-hmm. Take care it's of business. 
but I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I've got other things I've got to do what's right by my family. Yeah. It's like Cinderella yeah. Man, the very unsexy Cinderella Man. Yes. Uh-huh. Because he's not a drunk. Nope. And he's not a lech. Yeah. Not yeah. it was Rocky, but mm-hmm. I kept waiting for that in Cinderella Man for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Rocky did have a, a slightly rapey scene in it. Yeah. Not overtly, but real, real... Oh. oh my! Oh this man. is how the this is how the PSA begins, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, that that whole scene is just him. Nah, you stay, you stay. Right, little little little. But Cinderella Man just didn't. Oh, Cinderella Man fucking nailed it. It was one of those perfect little microcosms of. Yep, that's what a man does. Yeah, when he paid the fucking paid money back. back. Yes. Oh, my family's here. I love them. Yeah. My wife. I love her. Mm-hmm. My children. I love them. And I don't beat them. Yeah. Or do drugs. Uh-huh. Or do anything else that hurts them. Yeah. Except this dangerous profession. But I had to do it. Because it's Makes all that I got. And yeah. Depression on. Mm-hmm. So they got that depression on. So yeah, he does it. And... But it's very unsexy. It is. By it Hollywood is. terms. Mm-hmm. But fucking mm. nails it. Yeah. Every way possible. Now, here's a question. What Fight Club? Ah, I have that here. Yes. It's right underneath Red Belt. Uh, ultimately, a man stands alone. Here's my notes about Fight Club. It is about being a boy forever. Yeah. Actually, it's kind of Peter Pan-like. It really and is. Once that descended upon me, I now have to get rid of that copy of the movie. Because I fucking hate Peter Pan. Yeah. Fight Club is about being a boy. It really is. Forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's weird it. because it's packaged so so slickly, and Tyler Durden talks at length so much about what it means to be a man. And it's like, okay, when you break it down, you're living, first off, that those house scenes, if you watch it knowing what that movie really is, the scenes in the house are the most terrifying thing imaginable. Yeah. This guy talking to himself. Guy talking to himself in that freaky, disgusting shithole out mm. by a paper mill. It is a perfect example, and this is from someone who is a huge fan. Still a fan of oh, the yeah. film, as a film. It's oh, yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Incredibly. Incredibly yeah. well made. Yes. Um, but looking back, with a little hindsight, it, it it's so... I only have a little bit of information. Right. Uh-huh. See, I think in one line he talks about premature enlightenment, someone you're experiencing premature enlightenment. Or uh-huh. You all are. Uh-huh. Well, but then if you also look back on it, it's like we're a generation of men raised by women without any idea of, you know, without any men there to guide us. Okay, you're on to like, something there. And yeah. then it goes just as far off the cliff uh-huh. and burrowing to the center of the earth from there. Yeah. yeah. We're a generation raised by women. Some of us, yes. Now, that leads to a greater point of no, 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 no. We didn't listen to that. Yeah. Well, it's let's all slap each other. Well, and they even like, in the book. I don't remember if they talked about it much in the movie, but in the book, when Norton, when Norton talks about his dad, he refers to his dad as being like a franchiser that mm, yeah. he, that just families all over that he kind of just abandoned. Yeah, it's they like, mentioned it in the movie. Mm. Uh, some bitches starting franchises. But it's like, wow, so you just had a really shitty dad, and and so you created this. Lots of people have shitty dads, and, and yeah. uh, you know, the absence of, like I said, without an example, without a leader, 
you not it's not good enough just to have a dad. Yeah. You have to have a good father. And yeah. that father looks to things beyond himself. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean for Dawkins fans out there that yeah. it has to be religious. It can right. be human beings are hardwired, in my belief, for religion and philosophy. Right. And or both, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Something beyond them. Yeah. For me, I believe in a transcendence, and then that'd be God. Just right. it means that those are ideas pre existing and Oh, yeah. Outside of me. Uh-huh. So I have something to look up towards. Right, right. And when a father has that, he's a good father uh-huh. most times. Yeah. And then the son can look to him. Mm-hmm. It's called hierarchy. Yeah. You see something beyond yourself. It's like, you know, that's why guys like Robert Mitchum. Yeah. This day are still like, you know, you want a fucking, you want, a, you want an Anna Persprint? You're not going to call <laughs> it, you know, it's not Durden. It's no. fucking Mitchum. Mitchum. Because fuck yeah. It should be Robert, Mitchell. Yeah, it show totally. No, then it would just smell like, like beer and and Meisterbrow. Meister Meisterbrow, like the worst fucking fold out sofa bed imaginable. Oh yeah, Robert Mitchum. That's that 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 smells like punching a punching a jackass in the face. That's what that's what it Mitchum smells, smells like, like. Gin and murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Wow. His father. Did uh, not look beyond. No, he did not. He did not. But you know, you know who did? <laughs> What's that? Ben Parker. Yes, Spider Man's uncle. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Or Johnny Cash. Oh, heart video. Because that's what he looks like. Yeah, he yeah. does. He totally does. Well, and Johnny Cash just in general. Well, yes. Uh, God damn. God bless. God bless him. Johnny motherfucking Cash. That's why if you're ever. Yeah. In Nashville, it's worth it to go to the Johnny Cash oh, Museum. It genuinely is. People I went there with, I was like, oh, it's $10. I don't want to go in. I was like, what? I will see you all later. <laughs> Fuck off. Bam, Johnny Cash. It's $100. Okay. Okay, But yeah, yeah. I'm giving you a sideways glance mm-hmm. as I walk through the turnstiles. Oh, you're getting an askance view here. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was fantastic. Just to sit there and hear him read Ragged Old Flag projected on an American flag, it's like... I uh, got a tear at the Alamo. We're like, oh, yeah. You can't be patriotic. Patriotism leads to the gas chambers, Jim. Exactly, yeah. What, what an asshole I am. Yeah. What an asshole I am. Yeah, but uh, Ben Parker, that's a good example. Ben Parker's a great example. Great example, because if you don't have that example, uh-huh. then it's Wolf of Wall Street oh, yeah. or Scarface. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're all, talk about generation of men uh, raised by women. They're not being raised by women. No. They're being raised by fucking television. Being, exactly. Worst of all, they're being raised by their phones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By their fucking gadgets. I sound like an old man. But yeah. It's, well, it's, it's true. It's true. What do everybody, what does everybody else think? Yeah. I'll follow that. Exactly. That exactly. That's why you've got to be willing marriage. to produce shit and be like, No. Fuck yeah. That's why this show, better or worse, whatever anyone could say about it, we're making something. Something. It's, yeah. We're putting our fucking stamp on it. We're putting our shit out there, man. Yeah. Yeah. So terrifying. You know, you know who, I, who, I, who I love in terms of the whole media age for the... I don't remember the character's name, but Paul Newman in Slapshot. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, it's a fucking show. Our job is to sell tickets. We can't play for shit. So... Let's uh, yeah. <laughs> let's give these people a show because you're throwing down money. There's got to be a reason for it. So let's give you a fucking reason to come here. Absolutely, I 
loved that movie. And Paul Newman loved that movie. Called that the he, he think that was Newman's favorite film he was in. Oh, that's that's glorious. What I like is how it's okay, okay. Then the Hanson brothers show up. It's like, what's this gonna be? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus! Yeah. Oh, this is good. <clears throat> but yeah, that that shit. That's what it's about, man. You know, the Dirty Dozen. Oh yeah, no? absolutely. It's uh, it's 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 the Atticus Finch, which let's fucking hold up a paragon right there. It's yeah. when you're licked. And you know you're licked, but you go and do it anyway. Yep. And you give it your best because maybe, just maybe, you might win it. I think you want to just look at and, – and Gregory Peck is fantastic, but they don't have everything that that man said in that movie. Just read the book To Kill a Mockingbird. Just picture Gregory Peck the whole time. It'll be amazed. It's when you're licked and you know it. But you go out and do what needs to be done anyway. Because... You've got to stab that demon boy with nine. <laughs> Gonna cut him with an It's just a burr. It's just a burr. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, it, it's accepting futility and realizing no, I gotta fucking do it. You just, like, it's cool hand Luke when he keeps getting up. Yeah. When he keeps fucking coming well, uh, at him. That's a line from Gladiator. Just look death, look death in the face and smile. Yeah. <clears throat> the movies is what it is, but. Uh-huh. Line is always stuck with me because mm-hmm. it's very much the yeah, it's all right. Yeah, just, what's the worst that's gonna happen? Right, and that's a lot about traditional masculinity. That yeah, it echoes totally stuff like that, or or even the small victories coming uh, back from being a rampant drunk. Speaking of Paul, we went into yeah. the, in the verdict. Yeah, it's not all swords and fucking you know blood. Uh-huh. But that was a battle nonetheless. Uh-huh. Just the same. Yeah. And he had to pick himself up and keep going even though the odds were clearly stacked against him. Or fucking Tom Cruise and a few good men. Tom Cruise and the fucking Last Samurai. Yeah, a last, oh, yeah. You keep going. You keep going. Tom Cruise and a few good men. I love it because, like, why would a junior grade, why would a lieutenant with a history for settling things out of court be given a case this important? Yeah. Might it be because they don't ever want it to see the inside of a courtroom? Yeah. Like, boom, yes, that's that's it. You fucking go in and you do your job. You yeah. go in and you do your fucking job. And, yeah, you t- The Last Samurai. I hate people who are like, oh, it's the Tom Cruise is The Last Samurai. No. No. Watanabe is The Last Samurai. No. That's very fucking clear if you pay attention to that movie. And it's Tom Cruise finding and healing himself. Yes, through exposure to somebody who's that great. When he fights that guy to a draw, that's one of the greatest moments ever. All the, there's a lot going on in that film. Mm-hmm. Now, like most samurai films or films focused around the samurai, uh-huh. this one in particular, it's way romanticized. Oh, God, yes. Uh-huh. Very glossy uh-huh. in uh, literally and figuratively. But Wait, did I say Getty Watanabe? I mean, Ken Watanabe. Getty Watanabe is fucking Long Duck Dong. Ken Watanabe. What's happening? The hot stuff. <laughs> the minute that I saw, the, the minute that movie was over, I was immediately like, I want Ken Watanabe in fucking everything. I love this guy. I love that movie so fucking much. Mm-hmm. It is so awesome. It the, really is. Nathan's, uh, Tom Cruise's character, uh-huh. go. From you know all the shit he did to uh, the Indians, yeah, 
the atrocities that he did, all the cruel things. Not just, this is my duty. He did cruel shit. Yeah. And the, again, I don't want to get too deep with this mechanized death and the honorable, dishonorable weapons versus mm-hmm. honorable weapons, Japanese view, guns versus swords, whatever. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to look his enemy in the eye. Yeah. And he escaped himself because he had, he viewed, there was punishment to be had that he didn't feel he had paid. Right. And then when he wakes up in Japan after getting his ass handed to him. Yeah. Excuse me, after the battle in Japan. Uh-huh. And goes through this long, long process. He keeps flashing back to the shit that he did. Mm-hmm. Just letting you know you can overcome these things. Yeah. No matter what they are. Yes, uh-huh. And try to... Heal yourself and become more than you, than you thought you were. Yeah, uh huh. More than what you're capable of being. Yeah, and ah, damn that movie is just. And it's one of the few things that shows what the actual impact of war is. That battle fatigue to shell shock to PTSD, and at least now it's fucking acknowledged. And the samurai that has to go to war against the emperor, yeah, to save it, and you know to. Serve him, yeah, basically mm-hmm. for honor, and that's just—it's it's just crazy, yeah. I didn't while I was still getting over some bronchitis. Mm-hmm. But earlier in the week, like, I guess I, it really hit me Wednesday. So the the peak of it, or uh, uh, would be around Friday, I guess. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And on some serious coding, right? Watched the uh, Nick Offerman specials, which the American Ham, fucking yeah, fantastic. Yeah, do yourself a favor. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um, then woke up with a free preview weekend of Cinemax playing Forty Seven Ronin. Oh, I have Keanu not seen Reeves. that yet. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting experience. Interesting experience. Okay. What? But what now? Okay. Forty Seven Ronin is, for those who don't know, is basically Japan's national myth. Uh huh. Yes. So yes. I think at some point they're like, it'll be this, and we're going to treat it this way with a $150 million budget, and it'll be it'll be grand, and oh, well, can't really do that. Oh, fuck it. Let's make it a cutscene. Okay. God damn. Really? Because 47 Ronin is somewhat important in Japan. It's, that, that, it's, it's national, national myth. National myth. It it's, is, it's hugely important. There are, it looks amazing. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. The performances are great. Keanu Reeves is Keanu Reeves. Yeah. You basically just go, you're 50? Yeah. What the fuck? Good yeah. on you, man. Yeah. Motherfucker holds it together. There's a lot of fantasy stuff that's, uh huh. you know, whatever. I guess yeah. they thought they'd get asses in seats that way. Right. It, they, they were wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> but Because 47 Running, for those unfamiliar, were about the 47 samurai who failed their master once. And took on Ronin were masterless samurai who sort of traveled around. They were kind of trash the they were sort of not trash i they were just outcast yeah they were outcast and they, they did no longer serve the purpose for which they they had were trained being, and all yeah. that yeah so they waited a year to attack uh-huh. or take revenge on uh kira uh-huh i can't remember yeah. um anyway it's it's a huge huge deal in japan yeah it's like their national identity beautiful story yeah um to the point where they even have um, Japanese scholars that say, well, they were true Bushido. They would have attacked immediately. Mm-hmm. Even if they failed. Yeah. Even if they died, it wouldn't right. matter. Right. Because uh-huh. in, in their way of thinking, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. Right. It's, right. It's, what's the most honorable way of doing it? Yeah. Blow your fucking 
mind mm-hmm. with this stuff. Mm-hmm. I read one review of 47 Ronin that said, uh, oh, God, it's just so dreary. Why do they have to kill themselves? Wow. I'm not having a beer with you ever. <laughs> oh, ever. Man. You and I just don't think the same right. way, bro. Uh-huh. And also, dude, very culturally insensitive. <laughs> I mean, <coughs> if we're being honest yeah, here, I'll, that's, that's some... That's I'll some climb off my... Fucking really? You jag off? That's what you think? My personal hobby horse, Japanese history, and just go, what? Oh yeah, yeah. That's some stupid shit to say out loud. Yeah, God. <sighs> so that's good. It's well, it's interesting. It's interesting. It, it, if yeah, you, you know, you run well, across it on cable. I mean, on uh, Netflix or something. It's, it's all I can say is that was one of those stories that Frank Miller was really obsessed with, and I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that they did not let him. Do I don't even his want to think about it. Thing to that because oh my god. It's not as bad as everyone says. It's not as good as the creators would have hoped. Right. But, right. Man. Ugh. So uh, where do you think something like uh, Ocean's Eleven falls in on this? That falls in the... I don't want to pick on it just for being all about style, but... Yeah. kind of is. kind of is, yeah. It kind of is. There's yeah. some themes there deep down. Uh-huh. But... Really, it's about, doesn't this jacket look smart? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's hey, right. This watch is pretty badass. We are in Vegas, baby. Look at my hair. That's what I'm talking about. So I like um, uh, Thief. Yes. That, because it's, it's James Conn. No, I, I run my life. I just want to give this woman the life she deserves. We're going to be good people. Mm-hmm. So, yes. No, that, that very much so. Very much. And it, it bugs me the number of people who haven't seen Thief. Yeah. Because, God damn, you want to talk about a masterpiece of a film. Ooh, that. nailed it. Fucking nailed it. Uh, of course, there's Rocky. Uh, it's a wonderful which, life. It's a wonderful life. Oh, shit, yeah. I mean, I... He l- sacrifices... I mean, yeah. not blood bone and family, but... He sacrifices everything, everything repeatedly. Yeah. I didn't realize it until I listened when I was driving home from uh, when my car got... Fucked. Oh, yeah. By the way, little aside here. Discount tire? Yes. Way to go. Oh, yes. And if you get tires with them, give them the 20 bucks for the uh, road hazard protection. Yeah, just do it. Because today, I had a tire that was almost flat. Took it in there. They're like, oh, there's a screw, but it's in the area where we can't repair it. Hold on. Okay, well, we're, we'll replace it. We don't have that tire, so we're going to go to the next level. It's not going to cost you anything. It's the only fucking way to go. And then they rotated and balanced for free. Do it. Great company. Exactly. Great fucking company. You feel like sponsoring us? That's great. Yeah, we'd totally be down with that. So what was I just talking about before I went off on that? Uh, I don't know. I need new tires. Now I'm thinking about the prices I looked up earlier. Yeah. but um, That's what a man does. We buy tires. Exactly. Exactly. Pay another man to put them on. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. I, I ended up driving my mom's car home, and she had it on some old lady station. And they, old lady 105. <laughs> on Christmas Eve, they were pl- I, I drove extra and sat in the car because they were playing an old radio drama version with the same cast, oh, Jimmy wow. Stewart, all that, the same cast. And I just listened to it, but it was compressed. It was about an hour long, the whole movie in about an hour. And you realize it's essentially... 
okay, great. I'm going to get to go do this. And nope. now I can't. Now I'm going to get to go. Uh, nope. Now I can't. I'm going to get. No. No. And what was great is how George. We're all ba- going to be fun. Oh, Uncle Billy. Yeah. Because he's an asshole. <laughs> oh, fuck you, Uncle Billy. Fuck you. Hey, you're fucking Raven. Yeah. I've got. I have got. Uh, oh, God. Please tell me I still have that. That fucking sound. That sound. Oh, I should have thought to bring it up here. But uh, Uncle Billy fucks everyone over like destroys a yet again screws george bailey over because apparently that man hasn't been through enough for everybody in this fucking town i'm sorry that yeah that is one that uh oh hold on here we go uh because he's an asshole but uncle billy does why because he's an asshole uh, I've hated my heart for who he is and what he does as a person. I've hated my heart for who he is and what he does as a person. Because he fucks it up so bad. Yes. I mean, I'm sorry. The amount of money that he hands to Potter, you, you don't not realize that you're doing that. That dog is kind of an a-hole. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, fuck, you fucked up so bad and it's funny because basically in that every scene is george bailey like i've waited my whole life to be able to do this and now oh other people need okay i'm gonna go on a honeymoon and nope and the fact that donna reed was like let's do this and he was like fine and that old motherfucker i've got this much money in the bank and i want every penny of it oh yes, yes how much money do you need to get by well i can get by with this okay we just have to stay liquid past closing time yeah. I mean, George Bailey saved that town over and over again. And thank God they fucking said thank you yes. at yes. the end of it. But nope. One fifteen seventy five. Yeah. Whatever the fuck he said. <laughs> Didn't even fucking think about it. Just did what was necessary. And like the, the talks with her were so great when it's like, listen, I'm not like that. Just hearing the radio where you just hear it in the voice and how Jimmy Stewart sold it. I'm not getting married. Not to you, not to anyone. I'm going to brush this town off my show. I'm just going to be on my, like, yeah. wow. But then no, nope. no, you do what's not right. Mm-hmm. That was the longest conversation I've ever had. <laughs> you do what's right. Damn yeah, it. That's right. You do what's fucking right. And that, uh, yeah, but then, uh... Because he's an asshole! But Uncle Billy does. Why? Because he's an asshole! <laughs> Shut up! Oh my God, I don't care! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but hey, Jimmy, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm Stay. sorry you're going to have to go through all this, but... Not me. Oh, yeah. I mean, Donna Reed. Things could be worse, buddy. All right. I can smell you. Yeah, Donna Reed was my, 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 my apartment. It. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's also what men do. Ogle women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shamelessly. Baby doll. My poppy chulo hat. Hey. Wow. Have I made you uncomfortable yet? Nope. Well, I'm about (laughs) to. See, that's why I like Fandango. Because that movie is about figuring it out at the right age. Yes. You're that age. No, you don't know shit. Right. You don't pretend you know shit. You go out and you fucking figure it out. And when you hit that point where it's like, well, we got to do this 
now we're going to fucking figure it out. We're going to yeah. figure it out. The wedding. Oh, my God. That part. is the best Kevin Costner when he just puts, oh, it's going to be great. And just one by one, everyone in town. Do you, buy, do you boys drink beer? On occasion. And you know what I like? Hell, I got napkins. <laughs> Hell, I got guys napkins. passed out the entire movie. Yep. I, I honestly can't stress this enough. Yeah. How good Fandango is. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fucking good. And a fascinating thing I found out. You know how there's now Shiner beer? Yes. There's, that's Shiner Blonde. Yes, just yeah. Shiner. Because that's what Shiner used to be known as. We knew it at, we then, you know, Bach became the one that everyone knew here, so Shiner Bach, but no, Shiner beer is Shiner Blonde, and, and Shiner, it is delicious. It is good. It is pleasant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, that should be the slogan. Shiner. Yeah. Pleasant. Pleasant beer. It is pleasant. It is. It is. It goes great with our national, uh, oh, that's right, we were a nation. Yes. I'll say it anyway. The national n- foods of tacos and barbecue. Yeah. Uh-huh. Much like Chardonnay goes with whatever the hell Californians eat. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You, you mean uh, the, uh, not, not uh, oh, God, was that one of those pink Pinot wines? Noir, excuse me, for no. all the sideways fans. No, one of those pink wines, you know. Oh, uh, rosé? Like, rosé, yeah. Um, I went out with a woman I used to have to bring, like, a giant, I don't even remember what kind it was, but it was like a... A handle? A, yeah, like one of those giant bottles of, of red, white wine that was kind of pinkish. Uh, but I oh, forget. White Zinfandel? Yeah, White Zinfandel, yeah. Oh, Fran- oh shit. You had a Franzi evening? Yeah, well, we, we have Franzi evenings here. This was a bottle of that. Oh, my. Yeah, White Zinfandel. Bottle? Chilled. Fancy shit. Chilled to perfection. Does <laughs> it say anything? Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Oh, man, it's fucking... Blur. But, um, yeah, Fandango, just the... Because yeah, that's something guys in our generation don't understand. That there is, there was a time when hitting that age and not being in college yes. fucking sucked. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, oh, so I'm I'm going, or I have to leave the country or go to jail. But I've I'm I'm. Go- yeah, you're either doing this or going to war. Wow, you may die. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, you know? I've seen in the graveyard. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny. I remember saying to my dad once when he was like, when I was when I was like 19, he was like, yeah, there's a draft and you got drafted. I'd send you to Canada. And I was like, I appreciate it, but look, I've benefited. <laughs> I've yeah. benefited by this. I'm going to play by the rules. And no. you know what? Hey, sometimes somebody's got to pay the fucking piper. And yeah, it might suck. You might not agree with it, but... Sometimes that's what you got to fucking do. Yeah. You know? And uh, that's, you look at shit like, you know, uh, um, uh, let's, uh, I'm going to go for a walk. Uh, Wild Bunch. Oh, yes. That's, oh, yeah. This is what we got to do. They did this. To, uh, I, yeah. I don't have a choice. Yeah, most likely I'm going to die. Most likely. That's pretty much guaranteed. <laughs> let's go see people die in slow motion. Yes. I mean, that, I, I've always. They basically just. Walk straight into the mouth of death. Yep. Because that's the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what being a man or being an adult is. It's it's doing what you got to do even when it's what you don't want to do. Yeah. And you know? work. The yeah. Fountainhead is a deeply flawed film. Yes. Uh-huh. And a deeply flawed script from somebody who has a deeply flawed philosophy. Yes. Uh-huh. Though not for the reasons you're thinking out there. Mm-hmm. I have my own reasons. Uh, but the work, the focus on... 
his work. Yes, uh-huh. and that uh, you know, a man who has love and work is, should be happy. Yes, uh huh. He is so committed to what he's doing because that's his point. Yeah, I do things. I do this. Yeah, my work is my life. I'm not uh-huh. just here looking at the clouds. Right. This is what I do, mm-hmm. and the integrity of his work that will not he will not compromise. Yeah, there is no there is no middle ground. Right. This it is, is where fucking, we go. It's it's wacky. Yeah. To the links he goes to that would not end with him the master of his own domain and no. what have you. No. Uh-uh. It would end with him being in fucking prison. Yeah. Yeah. But even so, mm-hmm. he didn't uh, he didn't back down. Yeah. And there's a lot of shit where it's like people who go off on Ayn Rand. I, I in my review of Atlas Shrugged, my friend Matt totally agreed with me on this point. He doesn't agree with her at all. But I was like, look, you can comment on Ayn Rand's whole fucking objectivism mm-hmm. when you have seen your father lose his business to the government saying that's not fair. Yeah. When you've been denied entrance to universities, when you've had that collectivist shit ruin your life then you can say it. you might not agree with what she's saying but you know she's evil this and i was like no she saw shit you will never have to yeah. and she found a way to ride the tiger of modernity it may not be the yeah. best way but but by god she found there one. was a way yeah uh-huh <clears throat> so yeah yeah but that it's 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 the knee-jerk reaction not knee-jerk it's the ultimate reaction against what she experienced yeah yeah how could she not? Exactly. You know? I mean, the shit that you, you talk about some shit, man. I mean, that's. But, you know, and then you look at it and how good that should have been. I mean, how good that yeah. could have been. And well, here's what I hate is the fact that they're putting out these Atlas Shrug movies and people are saying, oh, see, they're so bad. That's just a condemnation of the philosophy. No, it's not. No, it's no, not. No, at least it's a fucking philosophy. Yeah. At least there's something there. Well, it's it's more how difficult it is to make a fucking movie. Could you imagine if they'd had. Real money to do the Atlas Shrug film. Evidently, For years the th- and years and years, Brad and Angelina and were uh, had the rights. Yeah, or I don't know if it was Brad's Plan B production had that or uh-huh. some shit. <clears throat> Kept going back and forth and had scripts and it was, yeah. it was a go. It wasn't a go. Yep, yeah, blah blah blah. Who knows what that would have been like. like? Apparently, this third one has shit that's shot in a gym. Like they have, th- there is like, Ugh. like they law they they successively had less money. There's totally different cast in each one. I mean, it, it it's I just. Uh, I mean, I know you want to get the ideas out. Yeah, but but the ideas are out there. Yeah, and yeah. maybe if they can't be reached, the film just don't. Yeah, just wait until real until money you comes can. Around. Yeah, do it. Do it right or don't. I don't know. Just, have you seen any of them? No. They're, no. 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 They're funny. Yeah. They're funny. Teller has a speaking part in one of them. That's cool. Which is very cool, yeah. yeah. And again, it's one of those things where, again, I think part of my masculine idea is there's no such thing as a zero-sum game. Yeah. And I say this a lot, and to explain to those who don't understand what I mean by zero-sum game, zero-sum game is a, it, it is a game of absolutes. Yeah. If you agree with him, that means you agree with absolutely everything that that person agrees with. Yeah. And I, I think that has been more harmful to this country than anything else. This whole idea of, you know, yeah, sometimes Bill O'Reilly, sometimes uh, Rush Limbaugh, sometimes they say things that are fucking dead on right. Sure. A lot of the times they don't. Sure. You know what? Sometimes that, uh, 
uh, Randy Rhodes and uh, the, all the people. Bill Maher. From, yeah, Bill Maher. Sometimes they say things that are dead on right. Yes. A lot of times they don't. And you have to learn to be able to say, well, I agree with this, but I don't agree with that. But the number of people who are like, oh, so you're a hero, Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. I don't watch his show. I find him hilarious. I find him absolutely hilarious. But that's where we live now is people feel like, oh, you're a conservative. Therefore, you must believe this and this and this. Oh, you must think this and this. No, I I don't. I don't. And it's the, you know, I believe the French teach philosophy at six. Yeah. Or they used to. Nice. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and that thought, the collection of thought bubbles that constitutes liberalism uh-huh. these days. Yeah. And the collection of thought bubbles that constitutes conservatism as if there's only two Yeah, ways that's of all going it is. Yeah, it's hot or cold. Hey, hey, there's only two. F- the, the, how many knobs are there on a faucet? <laughs> exactly. Two? I rest my case. Podium in France had two sides. Mm-hmm. Either left or right. Yep, that's all. That's it. Yep. Uh, anyway, um, that is then considered a philosophy that they tar you with one way or the other if you state one thing. Well, right. you're conservative, so that's it. Yeah. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I would probably have more in common with a radical leftist than I would with the most milk toast of conservatives. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I am not a leftist. No, not at all. <clears throat> it's just it's maddening. Yeah. To even because the the ideas, the collection of thought bubbles that are now philosophy in inverted commas. Right. That's like the truth now. Mm-hmm. I consider that. Oh, yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. So we're now yes. we're talking with these facts, but no, we're not. You're <laughs> you're you're standing and I'm watching the circus go. Wait, wait, wait. That's. We haven't defined the terms. Those are those are wrong. Yeah. No, they're not. You crazy person. Anyway, yeah. blah, 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 blah. it's just mm-hmm. madness yeah. back and forth between these two poles, and it makes zero sense. Nope. Yeah. None zero. Whatsoever. None. Yeah. There was a philosopher, a pre-Socratic philosopher named Heraclitus. Uh-huh. Heraclitus believed that nature became sentient in us; that we are nature sentients. Oh, nice. That's an interesting concept. Um, so that natural law was just a principle of being. Mm-hmm. That's pretty heavy for the film thugs. Yeah. But yeah. just take a minute and think about that. Right. Nature became sentient in us. Mm-hmm. It's what we are. Yeah. That goes along with that Abraham Maslow. Uh-huh. You think about what makes a man. It's not... How much I can get. Yeah. It's not about how much I can eat, about how much money I have, mm-hmm. about the size of my car or the diamonds or whatever bullshit. Right. They're selling you out there as that is a man. Mm-hmm. It isn't. And if either one of those things are true. Yeah. That's a big damn deal. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a responsibility. Mm-hmm. And it's a privilege yeah. to be a man. Yes, it is. Act accordingly. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Well, it's like my that is that's a fantastic way of looking at it. That's why I like my philosophy when it comes to my political ideas is I don't know how to live your life. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out how to live mine. Are you actively hurting another person? No. And it's none of my fucking business. Are you working? Yeah. I think you should get to keep as much of that as you can because you're the one who earned it. 
And if you want to share, if you want to do it, that's you. That's up to you. Yes. And it's not for me to judge you one way or the other because, no, I don't think you're being selfish. I think you're saying, I worked. I remember the first paycheck that I had at Dell that had over $1,000 taken out of it in taxes in one, like, two-week period Yeah. because I sold a shitload. And I remember being like, I worked my ass off. I worked my ass off. And I was upset. You know, I understand. I was, don't bombard me with any of oh, your zombies. But to me, I'm just like, like, I think you and you and you and you should be allowed to keep all of it because you earned it. What's yours is yours, and it's not my place to take anything from you and tell you what to do with it. Yeah. That's how I feel. So that's, you know, where it comes to that because, I, yeah, we've we've earned some shit here. And we have a responsibility to ourselves. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, this idea of masculinity, it's not backing away. It's not running from who you are. No, it's about self-control. Yeah. Uh-huh. When to use it, when not to. Yeah. It's, it's goddamn frustrating. It is. It is. And the fact that nowadays we are allowing braying jackasses to set the fucking tone for how things are done. Yes. Like, the only people I've ever unfollowed on Facebook are the ones who are like, well, my conservative friends, please explain to me. Or the folks who debate like, well, Clarkson, I was wondering if you could explain blah, 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 blah. Because you see Clarkson, like, oh, you lecturing me, motherfucker. The one who posted. You don't want want a discussion. You want to fight. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like the the self-importance of the the most. I have discovered what I think is the most self-important statement in the history of the Internet. Okay, And I know that's a mouthful. It is. But there was somebody who posted a thing about Ayn Rand collecting social and se- social security when she got older. Yeah. And, uh, and like, oh, see, her philosophy is bullshit because, like, well, no, I'll debate you on that because she viewed that as, oh, you mean that money I paid? I'm getting it back? Yeah, I'll take the money that I paid. Sure. And, get you. and a woman wrote, most people, when they go to college, read this and are taken in. But it's not until they go to grad school and learn real critical thinking skills that they begin to question what she wrote. And that, to me, was somebody who broke their arm jerking themselves off because they were doing it with such gusto and ferocity (laughs) that they broke their arm and their genitalia traveled back in time just (laughs) with the sheer speed and force by which they were assaulting it. All the way back to Lone Pine Mall. Exactly. Yes. It's just, oh, fuck. Oh, you. (laughs) That's all that I can Like, my face screwed up into that Kevin Klein. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's all I could see. It's like, instead of saying, yeah, you know, when some people are younger, these things seem like good ideas. But then, you know, when they actually live in the world, they realize uh, maybe everything she's saying. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then also saying, hey, maybe not everybody has to agree with absolutely every single part of every single thing she says. Maybe some people just say, hey, decent concept. Yeah. How about we look into that? How about maybe we not read a chapter and then, you know. Send off to be a member of whatever. Yeah. How that about, goes with fucking anything. Oh, God, yeah. How's about we start treating uh, 
we start treating ideas like a buffet, not an entree. Yes, please. You're not ordering a single set of beliefs that are there forever. You're saying, well, this works, this doesn't, I like this, and that's okay. And just because one idea that you may agree with is from a dangerous source yeah, doesn't mean that you have to accept everything from that source. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you now taking that idea is going to do anything other than sit in your head. Exactly, yeah. That's all it's doing. Mm-hmm. That's nothing. It's nope. not doing a thing. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Just be a man. Be a fucking man. Be a goddamn adult. What would Gina Rollins do? What would Gina Rollins do? Yeah, because that's a, that's some advice that you can fucking stay. You could put that in a goddamn envelope and take it to the bank. That's right. Because, but not with Uncle Billy. No, no. Because why? Why? Hold on. Oh, god damn it! Why do I like my? Why do I like my phone? I don't know. I'm on my pen. My. <laughs> what? <laughs> because he's an asshole. But Uncle right. Billy does. Why? Because he's an asshole. I've hate in my heart for who he is and what he does as a person. Yes. yes. Man. People call me stupid, dumb, <laughs> uh, moron, idiot. Oh, man. I, uh, is there anything else we can really say about this? I don't think so. All that I'm going to put out here is for anyone who heard the ideas that we put out and is like, well, I'm not listening to those assholes anymore. Oh, fuck. You know, hey, man. And then please sign off. Please sign off and don't anymore. I have not even dipped yeah. my toe and, into where I could go with and this. And if, if, if somebody having different beliefs than you is is such an affront to what you believe, then you have to question why you believe it. Because whatever you believe simply cannot, you, you can't have reasoned it out that much no. if somebody not agreeing with you is a threat to that. So, hey, enjoy all the meats of the cultural stew. Fucking <laughs> embrace more than one thing. And just say, if you don't agree with someone's politics, don't do that bullshit where it's like, I don't even talk to people who voted for this person anymore. Adam. Don't be that asshole. Say, hey... Uh, Phil, we voted for different people, so we just aren't going to talk about that because it's not important to our friendship, and I like you, so I don't care who you voted for. Jim and I voted for different people. Yeah. It's all right. It's okay. That's the way life goes. So uh, are we good here? I think we're good. I think we're good, so... Be a man. Be a man. Barbaric! Goodbye, mailbox. a man? Is it the power in his hands? Is it his quest for glory? Give it all you got to, to fight to the top, so we can know your story. Every day No, it's probably the titty